is up, everybody? Welcome to the first Dense Pixels podcast episode of 2019. Uh, I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host this week, Carrie. What's up? So uh, as most of you know, if you are in the fan group uh, on the TNP Studios network, uh, Micah is going to be gone for a couple of weeks because Micah is a brand new dad. So mom, mom and son are doing great. Uh, little MVP uh, <laughs> is it's doing quite well. He got away with with quite a bit with his son's name like it's to a, the point where i'm like i'm beyond impressed with him i a, didn't think triple, he had it's it a in triple him reference he could hide well, but uh but the other two are a little bit more under the radar yeah so yeah so so best wishes to micah um who like i said he'll be missing a couple weeks we'll, we'll, we'll have him back soon enough i'm sure um but he'll be gone for a little bit and then terrence just couldn't make it this week um, Terrence didn't had a kid. Didn't have a kid. No, he's just that we know of at least. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, no Terrence this week. Uh, so yeah, just me and Carrie. Um, we're talking 2018 games of the year. Uh, being as Micah and Terrence are not here, we can also speak for them uh, in this <laughs> regard as well, which should be really fun. Um, and there's a, a, there's though we've missed two weeks because of the holidays. Um, not as much news as you think, but there's some stories uh, that have happened over the past couple weeks that we can cover. Yeah, I mean, t- typically speaking, there's not a ton of news on holiday weeks. Not, so. in, the, not in this industry, certainly no. not. So, uh, so let's get started. Uh, Carrie, you can help me out a lot because I have sure. seen the Persona uh, dancing games. They, didn't they have one for Persona 4? They did. The well? one for Persona 4 was originally released on the Vita back in 2015. 15 i want to say um and that game had this robust story mode that had like a visual novel aspect to it and it continued the storyline of the original game this is not that yeah what i what um, i need well, well i need i need 101 level help on this because okay. I, I i know what persona is i'm sure. i'm aware of the style of game of persona i'm aware of its nature but what do you do in a Persona dancing game? Because you've been playing Persona three and Persona five. Yeah, uh, the I picked dancing up and whatever. I picked series. up what's called um, they. It's the bundle of both games, and it also came with the PS four port of the Persona four dancing game. It's called the Endless Night Collection. If you're going to pick up these games, go ahead and just like get the Endless Night Collection because you get all three Persona dancing games, and it's like eighty bucks or something like that. Um, but basically they're rhythm games. Like they've got the title that includes the word dancing, but it's not like a DDR game. You have a six button format. You've got, um, the up, the left and the down on the one side of the controller and then the triangle circle and X on the other side. And it's basically just the prompts come in time with the music and you're just hitting stuff in time with the music. As far as rhythm game mechanics go. It is very run-of-the-mill. So why are Um, they so popular? Because the music in these games Mm. are fucking bops. Like, like across the Persona series, like, all of the music has been good, and they get real good artists to, like, come in and do remixes of them. Um, They get other video game composers. Sorry, my cat is here now. Hello. Bye. Um... Like, they get the guy uh, who did all of the music for all of the Katamari games to come in and do 
a remix and just like uh, they get a lot of popular EDM artists from Japan to do remixes. They get other game composers to do remixes. So the soundtracks is really what sort of appealing to I I would assume most Persona fans because the gameplay isn't all that compelling. So do they? So my question is this: Do they release these remix soundtracks? separately or is the only way to experience them by buying one of the these dancing games oh i believe they release the soundtrack separately so why wouldn't you just buy that look <laughs> it's it's fun so like the as i mentioned the persona 4 dancing all night had a story mode which like literally like canonically continued the story of persona 4's investigation team and the Persona 3 and Persona 5, they like got rid of the story mode and they were like, we're just having a dance off between these two groups of teenagers because the people in the Velvet Room are fighting with each other. Um, so instead they replaced that with what they call just a social mode, which still expands on a lot of the backstories of the characters from the games and whatnot. And the outfits that you can put them in are all really cute. And it's just, it's a colorful, fun, lighthearted time with really good music. So it doesn't seem to be worth $80 to me, especially, uh, if, all, I mean, especially for, if all you want is the, is the music part. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely just hop on YouTube and listen to the complete soundtrack. And speaking, of I which, would recommend you do that with any persona title anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. I finally got around to playing it. Cause like I bought it when it came out and then I didn't have access to my PlayStation four for a month. So, <laughs> Speaking of which, Nintendo needs to just release like a soundtrack with all the Smash Brothers remixes on it as well. I would agree with that because carrying my Switch around as and using as MP3 player is not not conducive to something that I want to be doing ever. No, which you can with this new one, but right, just just give them to me. I'll I'll give you thirty dollars. It's not a big deal, right? Um, so that's it. Nothing new for me. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get to game of the year um because it's the same shit that i've been playing mm -hmm. so a bit of housekeeping um again youtube.com slash dense pixels to check out this podcast plus some let's play videos plus our small reviews that we've done uh click the subscribe button while you're there it's that big red button uh so that you never miss when we post a new episode also you got to ring that bell icon because youtube's weird and that's the only way that you can make sure that you get notified whenever we post something new. Um, TNP Studios, don't forget to sign up for premium if you're not a premium member yet. It is at densepixels.com slash premium. Premium membership only costs $5 a month and $50 for the entire year, where apparently this week you can get a three-week backlog, four-and-a-half-hour episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Fun fact, I was off yesterday and considering asking Jay if he would, if he wanted a third chair for that podcast. And boy, am I glad I didn't because yeah. that would have been a lot. That we, it would have been six hours yeah. if I was there. Um, but again, you get weekly episodes to look forward. Uh, you get a monthly episode of The Men with the Golden Tongues. Mike and I just released the Mission Impossible episode of The Men with the Golden Tongues. We're starting our venture into the Mission Impossible series. And next month, we are ranking Bond villains. So we need your help there. Uh, make sure you go to thirdapocalypse.com slash fans to learn more about that once we post that information. You also get No Time to Bleed, our action movie podcast, and the area of grievances, which may be on hiatus for a little bit because of Micah being out, uh, but look forward to those coming back as well. So again, densepix.com slash premium, $5 a month, $50 for a year. I promise you will not regret it. Some of our best content happens on the premium side of the network. And of course, no matter what podcatching app you use, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, whatever, 
Make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well as the other TNP Studio shows, which includes The Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, and Coming Distractions. So not a lot of uh, new games to talk about because PlayStation Xbox took the holidays off as well when it came to listing new content for their stores. Uh, it is a new month, however, so we have new games with gold and PlayStation Plus games to talk about. Uh, on Xbox, pretty good month, actually, um, this month. So the entire month of January for Xbox One, you get Celeste, one of the best games uh, allegedly to come out last year. It's one that I would really like to play. Um, I mean, it was nominated for all and won a number of awards at the at the Game Awards. So it did. Um, I haven't had a chance to play it myself, but um, I have a lot of friends who have played it, and they all say it's just a fabulous experience. So. Yeah. Well, if you have an Xbox One and you're a gold member, that's free, so you can check that out. Uh, the back half of the month, WRC six. Uh, a, a rally racing game is That's free. not just the back half of the month. That's January 16th through the middle of February. Yes, yeah, into February because they always do. They always stagger them. Um, on Xbox 360, two other good choices. Uh, Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light. Uh, this is one of the Tomb Raider games uh, where they did two of them, but it's the top-down, uh, isometric, like Diablo-style view. Um, but I really like those games. They can be played cooperatively as well. Um, really fun games. I thought that, uh, they were kind of flew under the radar when they first came out. I really like them. Uh, they're definitely worth checking out. Definitely a different vibe on the Tomb Raider experience. You can get that for free from January 1st through the 15th. Of course, also an Xbox one as well. And then for the, from the 16th through the 31st, rather, you can get Far Cry 2, uh, another game that was kind of eclipsed by Far Cry 3, uh, but still a very good game and certainly worth playing for free. So a great, a pretty good month. Uh, for Xbox this month, uh, for PlayStation, if we move over to that side of things, uh, for the entire uh, PlayStation's runs through from January 1st to February 5th, so you can download these now. Uh, Steep is available for free on PS4. Steep is the winter sports uh, game from Ubisoft that came out uh, not last year, but the year before. And then Portal Knights, uh, which is a action RPG that you can play cooperatively uh, with friends, is also available for free as well. Um, the big thing for PlayStation, the PS3 games are, are fairly yeah. solid. You have the Zone of the Enders HD collection and Amplitude, uh, which is a fucking great rhythm game where we yeah. just talked about rhythm games and Amplitude was pretty fucking great. Uh, if you have Warframe, you can still get the PlayStation Plus booster pack as well through January 15th. Uh, so don't miss out on that. And there's a Vita game called Fallen Legion Flames of Rebellion, uh, that you can also play on PS4. Uh, because it has cross-buy capabilities. So that is your free PlayStation games for the month. Uh, as far as new releases goes, new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is coming out to the Nintendo Switch. This is a port of new Super Mario Bros. U, which originally came out on the Wii U. Um, and I, by all accounts, is one of the top 2D Mario games ever made. It was just made for the Wii U, so six and a half people played it. I'm a little salty they're charging $60 for this. I think 40 would have been more appropriate i don't entirely disagree with you but i'm also like it's a big it's a hefty 2d mario game they include the super luigi stuff with it which was which was i think 20 dollars separately on its own 30 actually okay and then you've got all the extra characters and whatnot that they added to it as well so that makes it a little bit more it's it's almost like a game of the year edition and then some so i'm not 
too mad about a $60 price tag. It's funny because this is a game that I would, if it wasn't Nintendo, I'd be totally like, oh, wait till it goes on sale, but it's fucking Nintendo, so it never goes on sale. Nope. And unless, forever. you know, three or four years from now, uh, they will include, start having their uh, Nintendo Selects lineup of games for the Switch, which will all be 25 or 30 bucks or whatever, yeah. if you want to wait that long. Uh, speaking of... I guess uh, ports or, or game of the year ports. Uh, Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey uh, comes out to the 3DS. This was a original DS game, if I'm not mistaken. Originally. That's correct. Yeah, um, that they are bringing to the 3DS and adding obviously new content with the Bowser Jr. Um, part of it as well. Uh, Absolver comes to Xbox One. This week, I think this was in early access. I think it's coming to full release now, and I think it's also free if you have uh, the Xbox Games Pass. And then Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition comes to Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. This game was an Xbox 360 exclusive. I want to say that's correct. uh, In the Tales series, uh, but it's now coming to all platforms. Uh, So if you missed that, if you like the Tales games, uh, this is certainly worth checking out. Yeah, the Tales games are all really good. Um, Vesperia was not one that I've played before. Um, I do have some friends who are like hardcore Tales friends who basically swear by this as one of the top ones in the series. So, I mean, if you've got a contemporary console and you like JRPGs, we haven't really had a standout JRPG since Persona 5. So maybe this will be up your alley. And burying Dragon Quest Eleven. I didn't play it. I'm waiting for the Switch port. I can't, uh, I can't, wait a second. Hang on a second. There's another game that's in both of our top fives when we get to oh, the that you're also bearing. So well, we, will, uh, we will redress that uh, <laughs> when we get to that part of the show. Um, that's it for new game announcements. Uh, did you, are you familiar enough with the stories that you can do headlines or did you? Yeah, I can to, do headlines. Okay, go. Cool. Yeah, so uh, a few weeks ago, I think the last time that I was on the show, uh, Capcom was like, what if we put ads just all over the characters? And everyone was like, that's fucking stupid. Please don't do that. And then they were like, yes, but what if we did it anyway? And it was terrible. Um, But fortunately... (laughs) We ripped them apart on this show, by the way. Yeah. Fortunately... The uh, the in-game ads in Street Fighter V are gone for now. Uh, sponsored content is no longer appearing, which is, you know, for Street Fighter V fans, uh, probably a welcome change of pace from what things were a few weeks ago. So here's why I'm concerned, though. Yeah. So the AdSense costumes are still in the game. <laughs> They just don't have the ads on them. So like before, whereas Guile, instead of having a American flag tattoo, had a Capcom Pro Tour ad on his bicep. Yeah. Now just has nothing. Nothing. And Akuma, instead of having, you know, instead of having a kanji symbol on his back when he did the Raging Demon, had a Capcom Pro Tour logo. Yep. Now there's just nothing. Yep. So that makes me think that once Capcom has something stupid that they want to fucking advertise next time. I'm I'm sure once Capcom finds a sponsor, once someone gives whatever fucking changes in their pocket to Capcom and be like, you'll put this logo on Cammy's thigh, they'll be like, oh, I got you. Sure thing. But we'll see. We'll what see a, what happens. What a dumb idea this was. I'm An sorry. Extre- I mean, like, particularly the implementation of it was stupid. Like, there are ways to do, as we talked about the first time this story came around, there are ways to do 
in-game ads in Street Fighter in a way that's not, like, offensive to look at, you know? So, hopefully they're gone forever and uh, we never hear any more about that bullshit ever again. Um, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night... Uh, which was a Kickstarter game that I believe made just an aggressive amount of money and five, has five had five and a half million dollars to be precise. Has had what I would call a troubled development, or what I would call a normal Kickstarter development cycle. You got me there. <laughs> uh, it's a side-scrolling action game from formal cast, former Castlevania producer Koji Igarashi, and they have decided to drop support from both Macs and Mac and Linux. Uh, so this also comes shortly after the cancellation of the Vita version. Which, honestly, is anyone mad about not getting PS Vita games anymore? I can't I, even be mad about well, that. Well, so and and I, I thought about this too. And the cancellation of the Mac and Linux version probably affects a minute percentage of Kickstarter backers for this game. Sure. That's that's but but it's the it's the whole issue. And again, we we beat this drum on this show until we're hoarse. Mm-hmm. There are people and it probably not in I mean, this game had sixty five thousand backers. Right. So while it's a small percentage of their total backers, it's probably not an insignificant number. No, it's probably still more than a thousand people are being Right. And those affected. are people that gave money to this pro- yeah. to this project that are not gonna get the product that they thought that they were gonna get. Now right. can they still get a you know, a version of it? Yes. Yeah, that, that, I mean like, chances still be able are to switch it. And that'll chances be are someone who who is gaming on a Mac or on a Vita probably also has a PS4 or an Xbox One or a Windows PC. Like, yes, the, those chances are high. Um, but like, it still sucks. It still sucks when this happens. The game has also been delayed into into this year. It was supposed to come out sometime last year. Um, Way forward, uh, the uh, dev team behind the Shantae series has also funneled money into this project. So it's uh, he, and the problem it's is, frustrating. Like right, I it, didn't invest any money in this because I'm bad at Castlevania style games. <laughs> so I mean, so the issue is that like the arguably the biggest problem with with Kickstarter is that you have these like self imposed deadlines that you set for yourself mm-hmm. that nobody ever makes. No, nobody ever makes them. And you, but you have to put them on there. Like Kickstarter requires it. Like you have to provide a reasonable timetable that your backers can expect to see the fruits of their, of their backing. Right. And that's the biggest problem that video games run into is because development is, is fluid and you never know. Like you don't know what you're going to run into. That's going to delay the project. The problem is that you can as a video games say, Hey, we're aiming to get this out to you in 2018 but you got to give us to at least 2021 maybe before like then no one's going to back your project. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line you have to walk and I guess better to get the money up front and then just piss people off later than to, than to scare people away from your project in the first place. And, and look, um, Kickstarter is floundering. I don't know if we talked about this at any point on the show. Um, but apparently it was that like the total amount of video game projects funded on Kickstarter is down um, two years ago, and and really, sorry, three years ago, because um, 2015, 
uh, $42.5 million were pledged to video game projects on Kickstarter. Each of the following two years, um, $17 million. So pretty big decline in funding. Yeah. Meanwhile, tabletop gaming continues to just grow. Right. And I've, so. I've had a number of conversations with people about this as someone who has backed both video game and tabletop game Kickstarters. Um, it, I feel like it comes down to the fact like tabletop game Kickstarters, people bring something tangible to you at that point. They're like, Hey, we have this game. We have this idea. Here's how the game works. Here's how the game plays. Here's a functioning prototype. We've we've play tested it. We literally just need money to put it into production and it'll get to you in six months. And then, you know, you have the stretch goals with fancier game pieces and whatnot. Um, whereas video game stuff, it's not like they have a finished game already. They, have they a might concept. have yeah, they have a concept. They might have a demo level to show you, but it's it's not anywhere close to a finished product. And so I feel like particularly with the likes of uh, Bloodstained and Mighty Number no. Nine is the example that really comes to mind, and and all of these other big time Kickstarter video game projects that raised all this money and then didn't necessarily deliver the product that people paid for. Um, ukulele also comes to mind. Um, how's how's that Toe Jam and Earl working out for you right now? It hasn't come out yet, but I only <laughs> I gave them. Here's the thing. You know what? I got a funky soundtrack. And a cool mug and a couple of dope posters. And I, if the game comes out and it sucks, at least the soundtrack is funky. Um, but no, I mean, like, I, I feel like you haven't had the same track record of success of video games that have been funded on Kickstarter. Where, whereas tabletop games, it's very easy to create a track record for success. Mm-hmm. So stop I don't know bag, what else stop, to say about stop, it. Stop bagging Kickstarters for video games. No, yeah, I've stopped. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I ever started. I don't. I can't. Did I back any video games on Kickstarter? I don't think I did. You didn't back ukulele. Uh, no, I'm sorry to say that I did not. I was not a Banjo Kazooie fan. Oh, okay. Back in the day, so. Uh, in any case, uh, in in other fun don't do that news one way or the other uh fallout 76 players who have been banned are saying that bethesda wants to have them write an essay in order to get their accounts back um as as in any online game of any type uh there have been people who have been playing fallout 76 with the use of third-party software such as uh mods and cheating programs aimbots and whatnot um, and you know, Bethesda, I would say is completely reasonable to ban these players for not playing the game within the rules. Um, however, if players want to get those accounts back, according to the YouTuber known as Juicehead, uh, it's, it's being reported that various players have received emails from Bethesda's customer support explaining that uh, they were banned. However, in the email from Bethesda, it says if you would like to appeal this account closure, we would be willing to accept an essay on, quote, why the use of third-party cheat software is detrimental to an online game community for our management team to review. How many words does this essay have to be? That's one thing I have to know. I don't think it 
actually says anywhere. Um, that's a shame. It should. Yeah. It should be a five thousand word essay. Cool. Um, look, that's a that's a term paper, buddy. Well, guess what? Don't don't cheat. Um, I throw a lot. Of, I've thrown a lot of shit at Bethesda on this podcast for the past uh, couple months. I I they deserved every bit of shit that I flung at them. Uh, I'm I'm all for this. I'm petty as shit, and I don't mind it. Yep. I don't mind it at all. Um, this is funny. Uh, I completely support this. I wish other game developers would do something like it because I find it fucking hilarious that you need to be treated like a, a fucking high schooler to get your privileges back for this shit. Um, but because we just can't have nice things, Carrie, did you know that apparently nu- the, the nuclear weapons were turned off on New Year's Day for some reason? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people thought that that was like <laughs> someone <laughs> someone said like that they got like Y2K yeah, basically. <laughs> but, the 2K19 virus. Did they fix yeah. that? I hope. Yeah, I think they did. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this whole essay thing, uh, I find it hilarious. And uh, as someone with a master's degree in professional writing, uh, if you have been banned from Fallout 76 and need someone to write an essay for you, I am happy to offer my services for an appropriate fee of someone with writing of my caliber. Uh, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at SuppetsCarry, and uh, I'll, we'll, we'll work something out for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even know what more to say about that. Uh, today, Blizzard put out a short story about uh, Soldier 76, and uh Anna and it revealed that Soldier 76 is gay. <laughs> I I'm speaking of things that I'm all for, I'm all for the slow leak years after the fact of inclusive characters. I mean, I'm I'm about it, but I'm especially about it with Soldier because he's like He's the transitionary character for Overwatch. He's the character where it's like, hey, if the only other shooters that you've played are like Call of Duty style, play this. Because he's like, you know, he's the manly man. He's got a gun and he runs and he's got a move set that appeals to people who play military style shooters. Rather I mean, than... you, could, you could argue that, I mean, both of their, what you could argue is main characters in the game. Yeah, Tracer been, and Soldier yeah. 76 are both gay. That's That's fucking... Like I said, I find it hilarious. Uh, I, I, I'm, 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 I find it cool that that they continue to do this. I find it hilarious that they do it with prominent characters, um, kind of Trojan horsing it <laughs> in a way for people that might not be inclined to purchase a game. Yep. Uh, where they, you know, promoted such inclusivity. Yep. And uh, and yeah, I'm all for this. Keep on going. Yep. Uh, the uh, lead writer, Michael Chu, uh, tweeted confirming uh, what happened. He said, uh, thank you for all the messages about Bastet. Jack and Vincent were in a romantic relationship many years ago. Both identify as gay. Thank you. And like I said, if you need to see the reason why this is happening, um, there is comments in the article that we have linked that show you the very first comments. Yep. Is uh heading in the wrong direction. Mm, yep. So um in uh good financial news for uh Nintendo fans, 
Uh, First-party Nintendo games can now be purchased through the Humble Store, um, which is pretty exciting. I'll be I excited. Have... I'll be excited if they do like humble bundles that are oh yeah, kind of with stuff. Yeah, I really cool. hope that that there's some humble bundles. But um, yeah, I mean, you can purchase um, Switch games like big Switch games. You can purchase Smash Brothers Ultimate, uh, the new Pokemon games, Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Mario Party, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. All of these first party games. Um, you can get DLC through the Humble Store. Um, you can get uh, Nintendo 3DS games. You can get basically every single uh, virtual console uh, Pokemon title on <laughs> through the Humble Store. You can get Ocarina 3D. Um, uh, what's also worth noting is the fact that you can get the uh, Nintendo Switch. Uh, membership. membership yeah. mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, Humble does a lot of good work for charity. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm always about it. Um, Nintendo has partnered with Humble before on um, like indie game Humble bundles mm-hmm. with codes for Switch and 3DS. Um, I didn't know that. I see the, re- the one of the reasons that I have never really purchased a Humble bundles because it seems like that all the ones that are appealing to me are always for PC. Uh, I have not purchased a gaming humble bundle. I tend to purchase the comic bundles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they're going to start doing humble bundles that include first party Nintendo titles, um, that would be awesome because as we mentioned earlier, N- Nintendo pretty much notoriously does not discount their product. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be cool. And finally, in other Nintendo news. The trilogy of Dense Pixels episodes where we discuss Soldier Boy finally yeah. reaches its epic conclusion. Yep. Uh, so Soldier Boy, less than a month after selling shitty emulators from China as soldier game consoles and handhelds that played a bunch of pirated ROMs that he 100% did not have the rights to. Soldier Boy has removed the devices from his online storefront. And if you go to soldiergame.com right now, it redirects you to Nintendo's website. Here's the best part. So this happened on December 29th. On December 28th, he tweeted out, quote, oh, tweet, this tweet is deleted, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've quote, got the, I've got the, uh, the screenshot the, the because cap. that is For, like instant, oh, vintage. Yeah. For anyone uh. that thinks Nintendo is going to sue me, nothing's going to happen because everything is legit. My console isn't going anywhere. Trust me. Day later, quote, Gone. I had to boss up. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> How did he think this was going to go? What did he think the end result of this was going to be? I'm genuinely curious about the same thing. Like, I would love to sit down with Soldier Boy and be like, walk me through this process. I and, need to know. And like I said, when Nintendo started sniffing around, what, what was the one that he tweeted out where he was just like extremely defiant? Oh, I mean, it was, I think it was the one that was deleted. That was, that was like, no one's going to sue me. Like... No, no. Uh, I, I could have sworn he had one that was a little bit more to the point. 
Oh, uh, let me let me see if I can find. Oh, he also the, he also um when someone when someone tweeted to him making fun of him uh saying that he had a new game console that was just a USB stick with trademark and it was say games on it but he slapped his name on it so it's straight. Uh he oh. tweeted back at the dude with a homophobic response. That also got Oh, the well. the one that's that's definitely been deleted was quote Nintendo ain't gone do shit. <laughs> end quote. Oh my goodness. Ah. What a what a boron. Truly it was Soldier Boy who got Superman in this situation. He did. He absolutely got Superman <laughs> uh, by Nintendo. Holy God. Yeah. So anyway. Just a reminder, if you are a mildly successful rapper with one hit single from like seven years ago. Oh, it's from and twelve years ago 12 now, years ago, buddy. Sorry. Um <laughs> and you decide to go up against one of the largest uh entertainment companies on the planet. Um, you're probably not going to win that battle, mm-hmm. and maybe don't even try. And like I said, it, it took it took Soldier Boy uh, approximately one week uh, to 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 quickly bow out of the uh, console business. Look, I thought we were going to have a legit third competitor uh, or fourth competitor to Sony, Microsoft, <laughs> and Nintendo, uh, but unfortunately, the Soldier game was not apt to the task. No. And let it let hopefully we will never have to talk about that fucking idiot again uh, for the rest of the I podcast. almost hope we do. I almost hope that he tries something again and Miyamoto fucking shows up at his house and opens up a portal directly to hell. The only the only thing that I could think that he could ever come back in is if like in like if there's a Shaq Fu sequel that somehow he'll be incorporated into that mix. But but God willing, he won't. Be. So. <laughs> We'll see how that goes. Oof. Well, um, that's it for headlines. That is it for headlines. So, look, there's plenty of legitimate video game consoles that you can buy on Amazon. So when you do that, make sure you use our <laughs> link, densepixels.com slash Amazon. For any purchase you make on Amazon, big or small, you will pay the same low Amazon prices, but we get a small percentage of your sale, which helps support your favorite video game podcast. So, again, densepixels.com slash Amazon for anything you buy on Amazon, big or small. So it's 2019. Uh, we have left 2018, uh, again, one of the finest years in gaming, uh, right on the heels of 2017, which is also a pretty spectacular year of gaming. Uh, and we have our top games of the year, uh, much as we did last year. Uh, we have our top five games of 2018. Uh, just a reminder, these are our personal lists. Uh, they are not what we think the five best games of 2018 were. They're more our five favorite games of 2018. Um, before I get the hate mail or the or the hate responses on Facebook, no, God of War is not on my list because I played it for five hours and <laughs> I really can't put it on there. It's not fair. Yeah. Not that God of War was bad, but it just didn't hold my attention for whatever reason. And again, sucks that Ter- Terrence Ormica is not here to to put theirs up. Uh, so we will have to answer for them. We won't go through their top five. I will just give you. Terrence and Micah's game of the year, which I asked them for earlier today, and they and they provided them to me, which was very courteous of them, I will say. Uh, Micah's game of the year for 2018, of course, uh, was his favorite cowboy simulator, Red Dead Redemption 2, a game that he absolutely <laughs> adored and found no tediousness and minutia <laughs> in whatsoever. His uh, uh, ye- yeehaw simulator He just got lost in that world and, and just really enjoyed... Uh, being a white cowboy 
uh, <laughs> walking around and, and having to do every small thing that you could do oh, uh, for that person in the game. And, I mean, it goes without saying that Terrence's 2018 Game of the Year surely has to be Sea of Thieves, uh, one of the best <laughs> nautical simulators uh, that you could ever find out there. Uh, and, and just great, you, you can get paired up with random people. Um, you know, there, there's subtle low-key racism that you can find when paired with these groups and, and all sorts of fantastic things that, that are out there. It's a sea of thieves. I have to, I mean, Terrence texted me himself before we went on the air to tell me, hey, make sure you tell everyone Whoa. Sea of Thieves is my favorite game from 2018. Uh, I'm really looking choice. forward to the text that you're going to get. <laughs> The as is soon be a, as it's going to be a Facebook post, are you oh yeah, it's going to be in the group. Oh boy! So, so I'm so looking what, forward to that. It's going to be good. Good job, so Brad. Make, make sure and make sure you give Mike and Terrence uh, your feedback on their picks uh, for Game of the Year 2018, <laughs> to be sure. Uh, but me and Carrie are going to get to our five, our, our top five. We're going to go five to one. Uh, we're going to alternate back and forth as far as uh, going back and forth as we work up to number one. Oh, I have to go in order? I didn't yeah. really pick an order. Okay. You, no, you made an order. because No, you, I did you not make an order. Post. My The thing that I – the blog post literally says in no particular oh, order. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I'm, I'm going to make you order them. That's fine. And I will give my number five then since you have to figure that shit no, out. No, I know what my number okay, five well, is. Okay, well, you can go ahead with your number five. My number five is Fallout 76. <laughs> <laughs> So, I didn't know that broken games could make a top five. Like, like well, you, you know what? Till... There's a first time for everything, right? Um, don't you want to wait till this game is complete before you put it on your game of the year list, maybe for 2019? I mean, like, look, I, I've put so much time into this game. I know that the game is broken. I know that it's glitchy. I know that the game is fucked up. I know that Todd Howard fucking laid his dick on the table for everyone to see back at E3 and then revealed it to be like a weird strap on when the game came out in November. But you know what? I've put a lot of time into this game. I've had really fun time playing with friends with this game. I love the lore. It's just, I love the setting. I love the weird cryptids of West Virginia. Um, like, look, objectively speaking, Fallout 76 is a mess. Objectively speaking, I will 100% cop to that. That game is a glitchy mess with weird servers and bugs that don't make any goddamn sense. But I like exploring a post-apocalyptic West Virginia. Uh, I like the base building. I like playing with friends. I know I'm going to get shit for it, but <laughs> it's a game. It's one of the games that I put the most time into um, in 2018. And maybe I'm more in love with the idea of what Fallout 76 can turn into. And maybe it'll be on my games of the year again in 2019 when they make it a game that's more worth more people putting time into it. So I've already spent like 45 minutes defending this piece of trash on this podcast and I'm done. I'm done doing it. <laughs> Look, you're going to get the shit on me later. So it's fine. Um, fine. My number five. So there will, there were three really good puzzle games that released this year. Uh, one was Picross uh, two for the Nintendo switch or ultra Picross, what the fuck it's called. Um, I really like those games. I think they're really good. Um, the other one was Tetris effect or one of the other ones, Tetris effect, which I really enjoyed. Um, it's it was basically a Luminez spin on Tetris. Like it, it really did feel like a Luminez game that just happened to be Tetris. 
And it's got a lot going for it, but it doesn't have as much going for it as fucking Luminez Remastered. Because if you're going to play Luminez light game, uh, it might as well just be Luminez. And look, this is not a new game. Uh, this is a remastered version of Luminez 1. Um, all they did was add, you know, HD graphics and, and make it look real pretty and great. But Luminez 1 is one of the, my favorite puzzle games of all time. Uh, they put it on the Nintendo Switch, which is all that I ever wanted was a Luminez game on that console. And it's fucking great. I love Luminez. Um, I would love to see a new one. This, again, it, it brought back all the nostalgia. And, like, the first one even had stuff that later games didn't really, like, like the versus, you know, ladder-style multiplayer they had in there, which is fun, and things of that nature. Look, I love Luminez. It's fantastic. It's always going to be my favorite, like, falling block puzzler. For sure. Remastered was excellent. It's exactly what I wanted. And uh, it's my number five game for this year. Cool. Uh, I have nothing to argue with. I don't really play puzzle games. Uh, <laughs> I guess my number four would be um, Octopath Traveler. Ah, my number four is also okay. Octopath Traveler. Uh, I mean, everyone who's ever listened to this podcast knows that I'm a big sucker for jrpgs and this game was designed basically it's a love letter to super nintendo jrpgs in everything about the game and the way that the story is told in the overall graphical look of the game um i think you know it had some weak points i thought some of the characters storylines were way weaker than others um but for the most part i just like i really love this game i really love this world i grew to love all the characters and god the music in this game is so good it's i mean it's i this the 16-bit era rpgs have pretty much all of my favorite jrpgs of all time uh and it was cool to see that they took that concept but still was able to add something new to it. Some people really didn't like the battle system in this game. Oh, the battle system was it. so good. I loved it. I, I loved when you encountered a new enemy, you had to just fuck around with shit to yeah. figure out what, what the weakness of the enemy is. I liked having like each enemy had the, that armor rating that you had to kind of whittle down uh, in order to, you know, to, to do to real damage to it. Right. And, and the, having the battle points was a fantastic, mechanic because it made you make difficult decisions as far as do I whack away to break a shield down or do I save these for when the shield is down I can unleash a hugely powerful attack right. just really interesting really cool like you said the nar the cohesive narrative of the game was definitely weak but the individual narratives were pretty cool for the different characters and they really got you to care and to be invested in in all these characters, which is in no all small eight stories. Fee. You know, I, I think some stories were better than others, but by the end of having finished all eight stories, I was just like I was really invested in all of these characters and I want to protect them and they're my children. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, just just a really cool game. Um, and and like I said, the having the cl the job system that you could mix and match different jobs for people was a good way to kind of get all the skills in your party that you wanted to be there. Yep. Um, to do that, really cool game. And like uh, any good old school RPG, it was full of bullshit extra bosses. <laughs> See, I didn't even get that far down into it but um yeah it was just um it, and it's unfortunate because even though this did relatively well i don't know if we're ever going to see something quite like this um the again, thing is i'm almost 
I'm almost fine with it sort of being just like its own unique little blip in JRPG history. I mean, some of my all-time favorite games, I think, you know, did something different and, you know, did well, but never really received a sequel and we haven't seen anything like it ever again. Skies of Arcadia comes to mind. Um, so, I mean, maybe one day we'll we'll look back on Octopath Traveler sort of in the same light that we look back on other sort of one-off, really good classic JRPGs. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Then my number three is Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. All right. <laughs> um, I'm a big sucker for nostalgia. And I was eight years old the first time that I played Pokemon Red. Um, so 20 years later, going back to Kanto and having there only be 151 creatures to collect and seeing those original eight gym leaders again and fighting team rocket again. But, um, the way that I described, you know, Pokemon let's go Pikachu is, you know, I think when I was a kid, you know, obviously the original Pokemon red and blue was, you know, blocky little black and white pixels, but, you know, playing let's go Pikachu, I feel like for me was how I always saw like what Kanto was supposed to look like in my tiny little child mind and whatnot. Um, it hit all the right notes for me. Like it, it twisted things up a little bit with, uh, the Pokemon go catching mechanic, but, um, I thought it did that well. Um, I know that we're getting another like core series Pokemon game that will play like the previous, you know, pairs of games in the franchise. I know that's supposed to come out this year and I'm sure I'll play the shit out of that, but I hope that they continue to do like the let's go games as sort of like a separate series on its own and do remakes of all of the older like game boy games in that style. Um, just because, um, I think it's really charming. I just thought it was really good. It was really fun. I really like Pokemon. I cried at the end. <laughs> <laughs> did now do you play Pokemon Go? Like did you get the experience? Yeah, no, I I play I play Pokemon Go all the time. Uh I don't play Pokemon Go a lot now because it's fucking cold and shitty outside. But when the <laughs> weather's nice, I play Pokemon Go. Um so uh I got to sort of transfer Pokemon that I had caught like in my house <laughs> to the game and like play with them like actual real, like on a team, like a real Pokemon team, so I don't know. I liked it a lot. Um, there's a there's a line after you beat the Elite Four where like Professor Oak comes in and he's like, "You've grown up to be a real fine young woman." And I'm like, <laughs> "So I know so, I'm just looking at Pokemon through nostalgia goggles, but I mean, I think it's I thought it was objectively really good. So that's my number three. So my number three uh, is my third Switch game, technically, on the list, uh, and that is Super Smash Brothers okay. Ultimate. That's oh, my number two. So Okay. Well, I mean, let's uh, let's have the discussion then, because you're about to talk about it next anyway. So yep. yeah, Smash, um, it's just fun. It's, it's unbridled fun. It's a fighting game that you can take as seriously as you want to. Um, if you want to play it on the surface level, uh, you can do that and fine, mash around and play with the different characters. If you want to go deep, you can. Um, very cool. All nine multiplayer has been pretty fine for me. I know a lot of people are bitching about connectivity issues. I haven't really experienced that too much, uh, which is nice. It's the only thing that 
stops this from arguably being higher is because the single player is both awesome and terrible simultaneously. Like like World of Light is a decent single player mode, but there's it's too long and way too much of a grind. Yeah, I think I think World of Light is a little too long, but like I love the spirit battles. I like the spirit board as well. That's that's where I've been spending most of my time yeah. uh when single players because I think it's really neat what they do is they have 1300 characters that aren't actually in this game, but they have fights against the other Smash characters that are very cleverly done to kind of simulate that experience. I mean, I, I I know I've already talked about the Golden Sun ones, but I think my favorite one was the fight against Ness's dad. Yes, I, I've that lost one? that fight several times. Oh so my far. god, it's tough. Like, it's super t- tough. But, like, Ness's dad, like, if you haven't played Earthbound, you never see Ness's dad. You can call him on the phone in order to talk to him in order to cure Ness's homesickness. So the... um. Like, the sprite representing his dad is just the phone from the game. But the person who you're fighting against is Snake. But Snake is invisible because Ness's dad isn't actually there. <laughs> and, you, and you have to fight against Ness as well. Yeah, and so, like, it's fight, it's... It's really, it's really clever. Like so many of these spirit boards are just so cleverly done. And like, obviously Smash has a huge roster with more characters incoming anyway. Um, so the fact that they're able to like mix and match these characters and what they look like and their movesets in order to create scenarios that evoke the the feeling, these spirit, if you would, of these characters from these other game series. Um, it's just, it's stupid clever. Like, and it's a lot of fun. I can spend hours just going through the spirit board. Yeah, it's it is really cool. Um and and also like I find the team building to be unnecessarily complicated but also quite effective at the yeah. same time. Like it's it's a weird thing where like like the game could have been better, but it it still is substantive by having these additions into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um the classic mode is great. I think it's really cool how they yep. did it where it has the, the the sliding difficulty as you go through. Um it's it's a great game. It's fantastic. It is if this is the last Smash Brothers, um, it's a pretty solid way to go out mm-hmm. and one that'll be played hopefully for years. Um, but we'll see. But yeah, it's my number three and and Carrie's number two. Yep. Apparently. I mean, I had a bunch of people over this weekend and we spent a lot of the weekend just playing Smash and playing through the characters. Um, a couple weeks ago, we did the Smashdown mode, which is super fun. Um, I, I, I'd love to do that with a group of four people. Yeah. I haven't gotten a chance to do it yet, but it seems like that would be... Smashdown really is cool super fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's just good, good fun. And and as you said, it can be as deep or as shallow of an experience as you make a bit of it, which I think is like the true mark of like a really well designed game. So especially especially fighting game too. Yep. Matter, so. uh, my number two uh, and, is this the one you're gonna get shit for? Oh, I'm gonna get shit for both of my top. Okay. Two. Uh, not maybe maybe uh, from the community definitely. But again, it's me. You know, you know who this was. Um, it's FIFA 19. Yep. Look, this is the one. Uh, FIFA. I've I've always played FIFA, and and I've been playing them every year for the past you know seven or eight years. Um, FIFA 13 was the one that I played the most. I sunk hundreds of hours into FIFA 13, and since then I haven't really played any FIFA at that scale. Um, this is the one that brought me back. This is the, for I don't and I don't know what it is. I don't because the gameplay is not radically different from previous FIFAs. They just iterate every year. Um, Ultimate Team is not radically different, but for whatever reason, this one just felt right. Um, caught me at the right time, 
and I've been playing Ultimate Team, playing online Ultimate Team, incessantly with this game. Um, I just have a really great time with it. It's it's fun. Again, this is why this is a personal list. Obviously, FIFA's not making anyone any game journos right. top ten games of the year probably. But for me, it's just a game that I connect with um, and just really enjoy playing and and having a lot of fun playing. So yeah, FIFA nineteen, uh, my number two. All right, game of twenty nineteen. My twenty eighteen. Yes. Yes. Uh, my number one is Spider Man. Which is not a game I think I would have said, oh, this is going to be my game of the year when I first picked it up. Because I sort of picked it up on a whim. Like, I had traded in a couple games at GameStop and I uh, got significantly more credit than I expected to. And so I only had to pay like $2 for the game. And I was like, well, everyone's, everyone's saying this game is really good. So it's not a style of game that I usually play. I'm not like an action adventure sort of game person. Like action platforming, beat 'em ups, that's not usually my thing, but like Spider-Man is so well done. I I'm a fan of the character at large. Spider-Man's one of my favorite comic book characters, so I think that probably helps. But everything about the game is good. The combat feels good, the web-slinging feels good, the story I thought was really good. I haven't bothered with the DLC because I heard that was largely eh, but um, like the main game was just so much fun. I had such a good time playing that game. I just like I still go back and I'm like, what if I just like webbed around Manhattan and fought up some gooners and it feels good. I like being Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a good game. It feels a lot like what I said last year when I named Mario Odyssey as my game of the year. Just a joy to mm-hmm. to actually play around that world and uh, and just experience the gameplay. Yep. So very cool. Uh, my number one is not going to be a surprise to anybody who is a fan of this podcast, uh, and that of course is Destiny Two: Forsaken. Look, twenty eighteen, up and down year for Destiny. First nine months were arguably pretty rocky. Um, had a lot of Community Strife, uh, the expansions that came out weren't great. Uh, Osiris was a huge flop. I heard that was trash. I don't even play Destiny. I don't follow (laughs) Destiny. And, like, even I knew Osiris was trash. Yeah, Warmind, marginally better. Um, Definitely better than Osiris, but still not what people were looking for. Destiny 2 Forsaken, or the Forsaken expansion specifically, is one of the most cohesive responses to a game's community that I've ever seen in gaming. This It reminds me of when Assassin's Creed 2 came out and literally fixed every issue that everybody had with <laughs> Assassin's Creed 1. Um, it had the most memorable story to, in Destiny to date with you avenging uh, the death of Kate 6, made even more memorable by a recent development, uh, in case you guys did not get to see the pulled pork uh, ghost cutscene where Aldrin is back apparently, uh, but he's a guardian now, which could be very interesting to because of Carrie. I don't know if you you probably don't are familiar with how guardian lore works, but basically you're, when your ghost finds you and resurrects you, you're back, uh, but you have no memory of your past life. Oh, so that so that's going to potentially leave some very interesting uh, story beats for the game. Uh, the gameplay t- uh, tweaks and tune-ups that they made were excellent. Uh, the barons were really fun to hunt down. You've gotten some really cool exotic weapons. 
Uh, they've really just done a really solid job. Gambit is one of the fucking best additions to Destiny ever um, in the game series so far. It's been tremendously fun. Um, Black Armory has been so-so so far. Um, I mean, it, it's been up and down. The weapons are pretty cool. The grind is questionable. I don't mind it too much personally. Um, the pinnacle weapons they added, really fun too. Yeah, just, I mean, Forsaken was the answer to everyone's problems for Destiny in the community. And I think they did a great job. They knocked it out of the park. And I think the roadmap ahead uh, is going to be pretty bright uh, for Destiny too. So, oh, and also the best raid by, that I still haven't gotten a chance to finish yet. But by all by all accounts, most people's fa- one of people's favorite raids uh, in Destiny so far was was in this expansion. So it was great. I can't stop playing Destiny. Um, it keeps me hooked and coming back week after week. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with this expansion. I, I wasn't as uh, dedicated to it throughout the summer months, I, and I haven't stopped playing it since the fall when the expansion released with no real end in sight as far as that goes. So that is why uh, it is my number one game of 2018. Right. I mean, for me, I, I feel like I have to note the fact that like I didn't play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I yeah, didn't play God I'm of War. Same, yeah. I didn't play Red Dead Redemption. Um, I didn't play Dragon Ball Fighters. Like, um, these are games that I I have a lot of respect for, absolutely. And and I think those sort of games absolutely deserve all of the acclaim that they've been getting. But they're not games for me. I'm never gonna play Red Dead Redemption Two. I'm not gonna play Yeehaw Simulator. Like, I really should finish God of War at some point and then come back and re- yeah. <laughs> revive God of revise War. I know, list. like, I got God of War for my husband for Christmas, so he's playing it. So I'll probably just watch him play it instead of playing it myself. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, we take a visit to the Dense Pixels post office. Uh, no partial government shutdown affecting the operation of the DPPO. Uh, we asked you what your 2018 game of the year was, and thank you guys for getting these responses because because I, I asked super late uh, in the process today. Uh, Malcolm says, God of War. Amir says, God of War is the only right answer, followed up by Spider-Man and Hollow Knight. I did want to play Hollow Knight. I didn't get a chance to. Uh, Stuart says, God of War. Uh, Mark says, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which probably would have been Micah's pick for Game of the Year. Mm. Maybe maybe God of War. It would have been a toss-up between those two. Um, Justin says, Omen Sight. Uh, I don't even know not, what that is. I don't either. Um, and I, and he didn't write his customary essay, so we'll have to wait to hear back from Justin. He says, I'll go into detail when I draft up a detailed explanation of my top games. And before anyone gets their panties in a bunch, God of War comes in second place. <laughs> Look, God of War wasn't even on my top five, which I'm going to catch copious amounts of shit for, and I'm fine with it. Um, Cam says he would like to say Spider-Man, uh, but the DLC pissed him off so much that he's picking God of War. Uh, Rashawn says Spider-Man is my choice and he's looking forward to seeing Yuri as one of the villains. Uh, Johnny says God of War and he notes Dragon Ball Fighters as 1A. Uh, let's see. Jake says uh, Black Ops 4. Um, he says he really enjoys the Battle Royale mode and they listen to the community for the game. I thought about Black Ops 4 um, in, in making my top five. It probably would have been like seven for me. Okay. Um, just because I didn't play it as much as I thought I was going to, but it's, it, it's a solid Call of Duty game, which take that for what you will. <laughs> um, Anthony says Spider-Man, uh, Chris says God of War edges out Spider-Man slightly. He also men- mentions Dragon Ball Fighters and Mega Man 11. All right. Um, let's see. Assassin's Creed Odyssey makes the list as well. 
Uh, Mark says he has to go God of War as well. Um, he said Red Dead was close, but the world was too big for its own good. And uh, Johnny, I, I, I wrapped up with him because he came back. What was your worst game of the year? I said Fallout 76 was one of my best games, so clearly it's not my worst game of the year. For better no, or for no, worse. Well, he, he was just throwing suggestions out there. Um, see, the pro- again, the problem is... Like I, the I, worst thing that you played this year? Yeah, that's, but see, that's the issue is that I don't typically play games that Are trash. I know I'm not going to like. <laughs> right. Um, I can tell you what my most disappointing game was, and that was Mario Tennis Aces. For sure. You know what? I would absolutely agree with you. Mario Tennis Aces was, I think, the biggest disappointment of the year. Because like it, it had the potential to be really, really good. But it's like you play a few rounds, and then you're just sort of done with it. And yeah, then... there just wasn't enough to hook you in. No. Um, and I even thought that I would go with the... Uh, with the... Um, you know, like playing online, the tournament stuff like that. Yeah. And that lasted like a month and yeah. I was, and I was kind of out of it. So yeah, that was, I would say that's probably my biggest disappointment of 2018 for sure. Okay. So, but yeah, that is it guys. I um, have one more question for you. Oh yes. yes since yes. we've got time, it's just us, right? Mm-hmm. What's the thing you're looking forward to the most in 2019? Oh, I, well, or what I do you doing... hope will be announced in 2019? Oh, what do I hope will be announced in 2019? That's easy. Borderlands 3. I, I seriously really? hope that. Yes. It, I, hope, I hope not only does it get announced, but I hope it comes out this fall. Okay. And, and I think that's entirely possible, given how long uh, the game has been rumored to be in development. Okay. How about you? You know what my answer is going to be. <laughs> I don't know. It could, it could be. Is, is it the Pokemon game? Oh, no. I mean, I, I think the thing that I hope gets announced this year is either a fourth Golden Sun oh, game God, Jesus or a port of the first two, like a remake of the first two on Switch. Oh, my Lord. I'm talking about things that are in the realm of, possi- <laughs> the realm of possibility. Uh, the thing that, like, I, I know is coming um, is the thing that Obsidian is working on. Um, oh, outer. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, the, ga- the game that I'm looking most forward to um for 2019 is is definitely anthem um is the one that i have the highest hopes for for sure outer worlds that's it yeah yep that's uh fallout new vegas in space no is that your is that your like do you think that game's coming out this year they said it's coming out this year Mm. i mean it's obsidian so maybe it won't but i (laughs) i'm I'm going on the assumption that it's coming out this year that is the game i am most looking forward to i'm i'm i mean it's hard obviously because the whole back half of the year hasn't been announced yet but i'm going with stuff that's been announced firmly so far for 2019 i don't know what to tell you man uh outside outside uh shout for prime four as well if that game actually i think that will come out this year i think that's going to be nintendo's big um like the more mature option during the holiday season this year because you know pokemon's going to come out in the fall i hope so i see if if any game slips i think that's the one that has uh, uh, pokemon has the highest chance of slipping into 2020 we'll see we'll see see. how it goes i was gonna do i was gonna do um 2019 look forward next episode we, st- we still might because I, I still might well i mean you stuff. can get t- micah and micah and terrence on one, one of those boys mm-hmm. or me maybe i'll come back and talk more about all the nintendo shit that's never gonna happen <laughs> in my lifetime and i'm gonna die on the cliffhanger that nintendo started for me eight years ago what if Thanks. they what if they release like a digital 
comic shorts that just anything story would that anything (laughs) oh my god like i just want to know what happens i don't care i I feel like you could get a comic book i feel like if you you lobby hard enough you could at least get a comic book just to wrap the story up i would love that i mean you know what here's the thing they they remodeled isaac for uh smash brothers for his new assist trophy so maybe something good will happen I mean, Nintendo, Nintendo does have, and and I'm I don't mean this to sound as dickish as it's going to come out. Nintendo has often revamped and revitalized obscure franchises from their past. So yeah. I could totally see maybe I, for some reason I'm more optimistic that's w- because of Smash Brothers that something will happen for you eventually. Now, like before, I thought I, I was just sad looking at you every year, <laughs> which. For something that you knew would never happen. But now I'm like, well, maybe. I mean, they did take the time to render this guy for this game. Maybe something good will happen. We shall see. Um, I really hope Anthem's good. The, they just released a, a whole bunch of... Uh, I hope for Bioware's sake that Anthem is good. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I really don't need Bioware closing its doors. Um, but yeah, that's it for our 2018 Games of the Year. That is it for this episode as well. So don't forget to join our group. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, I didn't see Dense Pixels post office this week, that's because I just posted it in the group this week. So if you're not in there, you should get in there. It's uh, densepixels.com slash fans. Always some great conversation happening there every day, uh, including about wrestling as well. So that, that seems to be happening more frequently for some reason. But Carrie's a new wrestle fan, so... I like Jeez. a good wrestle once in a while. I I almost I think I want you to watch WrestleMania this year, and I think I want you yeah. on a WrestleMania recap show. Yeah. I think that'll be really fucking fun. I will absolutely come and watch WrestleMania with you guys. Yes, if we, and yeah, you can just come over here because yeah. it's uh, it's I'm gonna be watching it for sure. Cool. Uh, <laughs> leave us a five star review on iTunes. We will read it on the air if you do. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, follow us on social media. Just search for Dense Pixels. You can find us there. Uh, subscribe to the show. Go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Subscribe there as well. Um, I'm doing most of my posting uh, of gameplay on the YouTube channel. I need to get post something because it's been a couple weeks. Um, but we also have Twitch accounts as well. I am densepixelsbrad. Uh, Carrie is stuff. It's Carrie. You're probably am, the most active on I, there. I am easily the most active person <laughs> from densepixels on Twitch. I made affiliates. So you can actually subscribe to me now. Uh, one of my resolutions for the new year is to stream once a week or so so uh i'm hopefully going to have an emote soon and uh i have subscriber badges now so you can subscribe to my twitch um definitely follow me on twitch if you aren't already though um so you can get notified when i go live um it'll probably be evenings once a week and we'll be playing some golden sun because what else am i going to play on twitch i should try to make that resolution too mine mine's me late nights though (laughs) that's that's usually how that goes uh, Terrence is Apparition 410. Um, he's also on there semi-frequently. Uh, and Micah has a has a Twitch account. It's called Dense Black Nerd. He sure has <laughs> a Twitch account, doesn't he? He does. That uh, sure is I, a thing I, that he has. Look, I wouldn't expect to see him on there for a couple weeks. No. He's got the new baby. He has a, he's he's got a fresh busy. one. You know, that's that's a that's a brand new run right out the oven. That's a fresh little whatever they are. <laughs> You can tell I'm never going to be a parent. Uh, the the love you have for children is just ra- radiating uh, from you. I don't podcast. hate kids. I just. You hate your own kids, which don't exist. Yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I like kids. I don't care for babies. That's totally fair. 
that's totally that's a totally fair uh, mm-hmm. stance to have. But yeah, so again, if you're looking for Mike on Twitch, just just remember for the next couple weeks or months, he's probably not going to be active on there. Yeah, because of the new game. So that's it. Uh, that's it, guys. That's that's this episode. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks. See you, see you next week. Bye.